Toronto. The view from the top is nice. And next up, we give the Elks a double blue welcome. Crack those beers, it's the Argos Fancast. Joining us as always, our resident historian from ArgoFans.com. He is our VP of Football Operations, Will Gertler, MBA. Good evening, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And you can find me, Clay Chisholm, at all kinds of Clay on the Twitter and Instagram machines. And from the double blue order, Sir Douglas of House Ballinger, second of his name, Lord of Section 160, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. How much did that hurt? Oh, that hurt a lot. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at DougB519. You can find my group, The Double Blue Order, when we're not being harassed by Field Security at Facebook.com slash Double Blue Order, on Twitter at Double Blue Order, and on Instagram at The Double Blue Order. And get your Double Blue Order merch, doublebleuorder.ca, including the Law Firm t-shirt. And you can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast or theargosfancast.podbean.com. Well, gentlemen, we had a good Friday night. We had a great Friday night. Yes. Awesome Friday night. Excellent. Dependent. Yeah. And I'm still feeling the effects of it. I know I, I still am a little bit too, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Oh, we had and we, we clinched first in the East in a game that well, only Argo fans thought we were gonna win. Yeah. Uh, How do y'all talk feel about that? Well no, we can get this out of the way now. Argos got absolutely no respect during the week. I mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if, if Ticat players were, were trash talking, but certainly all the pund, you know, CFL.ca experts all said Hamilton was going to win. You know, the TSN panel was, you know, talking about a big Hamilton victory. And how's it look now? That was the team that we saw beat Winnipeg. Yes. And they, and it was a thorough shit kicking for at least three quarters. Um, going over the numbers, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, law firm, 26 for 34, 250 yards, a TD, and a pick. Uh, running the ball, DJ Foster carried the load 18 times, 47 yards. Uh, Antonio Pipkin had uh, three rushes uh, and uh, one of them for a touchdown. Even the ball, once again, Curly Gittens Jr. If if he's not our top Canadian or this guy is having one hell of a year. Well, I, uh, I think he's going to be our nominee for most outstanding Canadian, yeah, that's for sure. At least. Uh, seven catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. 
Uh, DeVars Daniels added five catches, 64 yards. Dejan Brissett, three catches, 26. And Foster and Worthy each had three catches apiece, 21 yards each. And then, uh, well, Drez Anderson caught a couple of balls. Ricky Collins caught a couple of balls. And Juwan Bruskison even got in on the act. Boris Beattie once again, three for three. Man, it was just a fantastic game to watch. Yeah, you know, it was first quarter, you know, was scoreless. I, mean, I think we all thought our uh, defensive struggle, you know, slugfest. And then, you know, the Argos do get a field goal in the second, early in the second quarter. But, you know, what really opened this game up for the Argos, I think, was Chandler Worthy had two. Uh, you know, he had that long punt return that put the Argos in Hamilton territory. Ultimately, Antonio Pipkin runs in for the uh, touch, converts it for the touchdown. But even after that, I mean, Hamilton still had some time to, you know, maybe get something together and, and they can't. And uh, Mazzoli punts again. And, um, you know, Worthy, not quite as good of a return, but gets it to the 46. And, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson gets him downfield for a field goal, and you sort of looked up at the scoreboard. And it's like, wow, fourteen nothing. Wasn't expecting that in the slightest. No, absolutely not. Yeah, and Hamilton kept they kept going deep, and wasn't hitting on any of them, and their receivers were open on a few of those. Yeah, and they, well, that's that's why I said right off the bat, three. We, you know, we we gave him a shit kicking for three quarters, because that first quarter there were about three balls that the Hamilton receivers were wide open that uh, that um, Mazzoli just missed. Right, but but our secondary, our DBs did make some nice plays in the second quarter when he started going deep again. Yeah, they made they made adjustments so that uh, well, when he tried that again, it wasn't you know, they weren't going to be wide open. Uh, few night, few great plays by Jalen Collins, Creston Butler it, too. Creston Butler too. Um, even Deku had a, had a ni- nice one in there, I believe. Um, got punched, got punched yeah. for trouble. Yeah, yeah. Um. The good. The bad. The ugly. Doug, where do you want to start this week? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, normally, I'd normally, you know what my ugly is for a game against Hamilton. Everybody knows it. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, we know you don't like people from Hamilton. <laughs> Not entirely, no. There, there, are, there are exceptions to the rule. But yeah. they are very, very, very few and far between. <laughs> oh, ugly in this game. Um, there wasn't a whole lot from the Argos. No, not on the Argos side. No. No, I mean, you know, Hamilton's kicker was kind of shattered. Fantastically himself. horrible. <laughs> we, he shat, we can he talk shat about the, We can talk about the BD effect later. But yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That I mean, that was that would be my ugly. Um, or will do you, I mean, not much ugly. Let's let's go to the bat, oh, and I have I, I have one bat. Oh, you got an ugly still? A, a, a delicate. Delicate's jock strap. Oh. That 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 was that was a good for me for uh, for Curly Gittens though. Well, yeah, we can we can we well, can we discuss can, it can, in that it way can, too. It could go by the other the other way too, but yeah. I, th- I think we need a Curly Gittens appreciation discussion oh. as well. So yeah, we'll we'll get to that as well because this guy has been he has been the best Argo this season. Um, but moving on, the bad. I've got one bad from the Argos, and that was that pick um, that McLeod Bethel Thompson threw. And what everything I could see, like when I saw it out there, it looked like DeVars Daniels just watched it happen and didn't. And yes, it was a horrible throw. It was an absolute, like, it was thrown in the wrong spot completely. But it looked like DeVars Daniels watched it happen. And I, Figured, okay, you know what? I'm probably looking at it one way, and like, no, every re- replay I had, I saw, didn't really do anything to dissuade my opinion on it. Of it, um, that was a bad, bad play, but we won, so it all, it all works out. <laughs> yep, didn't let them. They did not let that. Uh turn the game against them. Absolutely not. Doug, you got a bad? Um, not really. There was, there was like very, very little bad in this game for me. <laughs> it was, yeah. I, I can appreciate that. Um, well, I guess now we go to the good, unless Will, you've Bye. got a bad. I have so, I just have something to nitpick. All right. Uh, felt they could have given AJ Willett a few more carries. If you look at the statistics, DJ Foster was only you know 47 yards on 18 carries, 2.6 yard average. Uh, AJ Willett only got three carries, you know, six yards, so you know not a great average either. But you know, DJ Foster did get a did get a few tough yards to. Uh, get a few key first downs, but, you know, I would have liked to have seen them maybe balance that a little bit, see if Willette wasn't getting a little more success. Yeah. You know, I would have liked to see Willette carry the ball more. I mean, even, even just, you know, more, just because he was on my fantasy team doesn't mean I wanted to see him cut carry the ball more for that reason but you know he just he he seems to have fresh legs and when you're running the ball inside like that he just seems to have a little bit more pop in the in those initial hits than dj foster does now some of those play play calls they call for dj foster were just confusing like they were they called a lot of sweeps for DJ Foster that you just, everybody saw coming. Yeah. You know, 
they knew exactly what was called as soon as they they lined up the the defense knew so that didn't help dj foster at all but i mean he did have a couple decent decent runs and some very clutch runs in there too they did <laughs> excuse me they did they had trouble converting those second and shorts in the first quarter which doesn't seem to be anything new for this team but No, and that's something where I think they, you know, they should have gone to a in a very old school move. In a third down back, you get a punishing back who can punch through that that one one or two yards. And right now, that looks like AJ Willette. Yeah, because I mean, I mean you, you know, history wise, you look at John White. John White can can hit. He's not known to be a punishing back. No. And, and well, in the, you know, in the same vein, he's, he's a guy that's going to make you miss. Whereas well, let's looks like the guy that's going to run through you. And that's, that's, you want that as a third down back. We want that in December. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the good in this game. Oh boy. There was cool. an awful lot here. Yeah. Just the um, overall performance in general, I think. Yeah. That defense, though, all. Yeah. That I defense. Mean, I, I think credit to the coaching staff. They had this team very, very prepared to play. Yep. Yeah, I, I wish I could remember the number of uh, two and outs that uh, they, they held Hamilton too, but it just seemed like a lot more than uh, than yeah. normal. Um, yeah, defensively we had uh, two sacks, four pass knockdowns, and two interceptions. And one of those was a pick six to seal the game. Yep. Which well, honestly, like, honestly, when yeah. you saw the replay of it, it looked like Hamilton just kind of gave up. As soon as Chris Edwards <laughs> caught the ball, they just kind of gave up. Well, and I yeah. swear, and I swear, I heard this come from the field. Oh no, we suck again. Are you sure that was from the field or not from not from the stands? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Hamilton's game strategy just seemed a little, I mean, they were trying to attack the Argos deep, obviously. Yep. That failed. And by the time they started, you know, going back to those shorter intermediate passes, it was too late. Mm Mm-hmm. They weren't going to nickel and dime their way down the field. They just did, yeah. Hamilton just could not figure out our defense, and you know, once again, we saw Enoch Muamba show show up and show out. Yeah, eleven tackles. Uh, Sean Oakman was in there as well, four tackles. Jalen um, Collins at, with a pick. Yep. He Jaylen picked Collins too because they were driving. 
Yep. Um, yeah, it just uh, Sam Achimpong had the had uh, a sack, uh, as well as the I believe it was uh, who else had the quarterback sack? Uh, Cordero Law, the claw. Had a clutch sack right in there breaking too. Breaking the law, breaking the law. Were you, were you surprised though that Hamilton didn't bring in Evans at any point? I was a little shocked because Mazzoli just did, had an he, awful first half. Yeah, I was shocked that we didn't see Dane Evans. They they probably thought well you know Mazzoli's always had the Argos number let's let's give him a little more rope and see what happens and well the Argos said mm, not this time sunshine you ain't getting around us today well no I mean the Argos apparently Dinwiddie did consider kicking off to open the second half but uh, you know they go on that seven and a half minute drive and you know ultimately it results in a field goal but um, oh that was another great the, seeing them just methodically march down that field. Yeah. Oh my god. When I looked up at the clock after they scored, I'm like, man, that was like seven and a half, eight minutes long. And that's that and that's half. the type of that's the type of drive you want in that weather. Yeah. Which was miserable by the way. Absolutely miserable. Well, I mean if you're not winning, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had no problem with that we- that weather at all. I I mean if if we if we have games like that in that weather, I'll take that weather every single week. Mm-hmm. But I think my good is we got to talk about Curly Gittens Jr. here. You know, yeah. third over uh, sorry third round, twenty third overall pick in the twenty nineteen draft didn't play a whole lot in 2019 yep but um he's the second leading receiver on the team right now 50 catches 605 yards four touchdowns and and you saw mcleod go to him on second down on that drive more than once yeah yeah got a con you know we're talking about mcleod needing to get chemistry with someone and Looks like he and Curly are forming a nice chemistry together, and he's one of the best Canadian receivers in the league all of a sudden. Yeah, just... Well, he's number 12 in the league right now. In receiving. In receiving. Period, yeah. 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 Where Where is he out of the Nationals on that list, though? Uh, trying to figure out who's a National on here. Nick Dembski is above him. Um, but I think in that case, it's only just. Yeah, well, Nick Nick Dembski has like about 32 yards more than him. Um, so like I said, only just. And I think that's it. That's the that's the only other Canadian that's that's ahead of him on this list. Because I don't believe. No. Yeah, no. None of them are ahead. No. And he's 37 yards behind Ricky Collins. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah. He's second second leading Canadian receiver in the league. Um, yeah. 
and he's uh, he's tenth in yak yards too. So add that, you know, tenth in yak yards, twelfth and twelfth in receiving, number number two in Canadian receiving, and will likely pass uh, pass him this week as we take on Edmonton. Well, it depends. I mean, it depends who plays and who's not going to play. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think now now that we've clinched, y- y- you never know, right? Yeah, exactly. We don't exactly. It's best to just to wait for the wait for the depth chart to come out uh, on, I'm guessing, Monday. Yep. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, but it was actually funny. Sorry, but um, when Curly had the touchdown, where he just completely obliterated Tundia Deleke there, I could just th- I just go back to thinking about what about how Marshall Ferguson always fawns over him, and I'm thinking he was just he was just made to look really silly by Curly Gittins Jr. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean Tundia Deleke is. Ha- you also had to play out of position, I think, too. Well, Tunde Adelike has played several positions. He's kind of settled into that safety spot, but he's played several positions, and he's been one of the better safeties in in the league for the last few years. But, yeah, he, he just... He got caught with that move and bit on it hard. Like I mean, when you're doing that to one of the better safeties in the league, that mean you're you're feeling you're in a groove at that point, right? Like yeah, those 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 moves don't don't make people literally fall down if you don't have that confidence. And this kid, this kid, uh, I, I think he's he's going to be an absolute friggin' star in this league. The other thing I was surprised with Hamilton was Don Jackson being out was was a was a, a big break for the Argos, but it's not like Sean Thomas at Erlington's a terrible running back either. No. But they kept trying to force the pass down. Yeah. That that would that confused me too. I'm like Sean Thomas Erlington has been a, a decent running back and I didn't know why they didn't use him. You know, I, I he has been kind of fighting some injuries, but you know, at the same time, like you know, if you're Hamilton, you're 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 seriously questioning why why didn't we try to run the ball more? Because we know the Argos are vulnerable. Because <laughs> they must have they must have seen something somewhere saying. Saying, you know what, this team can be beat deep, and it's like, mm, not really. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they have given up some deep balls, but that weather—I mean, the weather on Friday was not conducive to that. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the one thing that that, I, that I'm looking. At. Tommy Condell, you know, he, he's hailed as this great offensive mastermind, but 
there are times where he just kind of gets gets tunnel vision and he's going to go they're going to go through the the scheme that he wants to run no matter what and he doesn't see you know like if i'm a hamilton fan i'm i'm pissed all around i mean you got you got your face kicked in you got out coached by a coach who's made two of the dumbest two two of the dumbest mistakes of the year in coaching and yeah and you i mean you lost to your rival the game that decided and the for yeah for, and and you, your team looked like they didn't show up to a to something that could have been, meant you were hosting or you had a chance to host an East final. But instead you just came out and shat yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly, to be brutally honest. Yeah. Not that we're complaining or anything. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I was glad to see that coaching effort. I was glad. Yeah. Uh, I, I've it just it was great. It was we've been wanting that statement game for a while. Yeah, that was it. That was it. I only wish we could have scored more. Yeah. Well, they still That's, won. Well, swings are every cloud and all that. Yeah, and and yeah, when you look at the, you know. Mazzoli had 326 yards passing, but I think the majority of that, that came, was in sort of fourth quarter-ish. Yeah, where they were, where Saskatchewan, where uh, Toronto was in prevent defense, because they would let they were letting them have everything underneath, and you know, and they Tim broke. And the receivers broke a few. Uh, yeah. Tim White broke a few. Yeah, he had 110 yards on the day. Yeah. But I think 97 of those came in that fourth quarter on that on those two drives where they were literally letting them have everything underneath. Mm-hmm. And that underneath was about 20 yards at one point. So mm-hmm. now. Did either of you happen to listen to uh, Hamilton's post-game show, the fifth quarter? I forgot to. <laughs> a little bit. So, I mean, to be honest, a lot of those callers weren't completely. No, they, they weren't. But, you know, I was, and honestly, I, I heard one caller that, was, there wasn't one. Hold on, it wasn't one of our mates, was it? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, this was a Hamilton fan, and he was actually taking this seriously. And he said, "I don't understand why everybody thought that we could go in there and and beat them and move and you know we're already looking past this game." See. 
Toronto's a first place team. I don't care how they got there. They're a first place team. And we got the shit kicked out of us. And they they did bleep that out. He did actually say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rick Zamperin has a sensor button. Yep. And the um, seven second delay, so. You know, and, you know, Rick Zamperin, is, he, did, he just kind of agreed with that. Like, you know, he's like, he's like I, I don't have any. The guy said, I don't have any any belief that if you were to play the, the East final today, we'd even be in it if we're playing like we are now. That's because they won't. It's like uh, on the, on their four game win, the he said something to the fact that on their four game win streak, they beat three of the worst teams in the CFL. So what the hell does that mean? Well, they, they may have found out yesterday. Yep. They are not. <laughs> They're not. They're not as. They're not as uh, impenetrable as they were a couple of years ago. No. As a matter of fact, I honestly, I honestly think that Montreal is going to school them. Yeah. I think they. I think they will. But I mean, to be honest, I would much rather play Hamilton in the East final. Oh, totally. Because I know, because we know we beat them. <laughs> yeah. And it'd be that we much. We beat them. They. Yeah. Yeah, because if we beat them, we go to the Grey Cup and we beat whoever the West sends. Yeah. We don't. Know. We don't know. I mean, the, it's still up to, still up for grabs where that game's going to be played. Yeah, that's that's what this week is all about. Yeah. Yeah. If Montreal wins and Hamilton loses, the Eastern semifinals played it. Percival Molson Stadium. Mm-hmm. And at that point, then I don't give Hamilton any shot. Oh no, they're no, they're they're pretty much. If well, they, if, if I mean, they act, if they beat him, I'll be shocked. It would. I mean, they did. They did beat Montreal in Montreal earlier in the year, um, but psycho, you know, psychologically, you wonder what they have to. You know, if I mean, because they still control that destiny to host the playoff game, but I don't wonder if they lose and Montreal wins, what kind of mindset they're in going in, going in there. Yeah, and I mean, t- I mean, they're playing a Saskatchewan team who locked up their playoff position this week as well, so y- you're not sure exactly what Saskatchewan's going to bring bring with them. So, you know, that that's that's a, you know, the kind of one of those uh, contributing factors into that. Um, And and Montreal is. uh, Montreal is what? Oh, sorry. Um, (laughs) Montreal is playing Ottawa and. Well, we all know what Ottawa's bringing to the table. So, right. If, but Saskatchewan also has nothing to play for either. No. So it's yeah. But you know, for, even for us, it creates a bit. Of, I mean, we're only playing this game on Tuesday because of the COVID uh, outbreak. So yeah. 
we have a not only do you have a buy, we have a buy and a buy. Yeah. <laughs> it's buy and buy buy. So <laughs> we're we're very newfy this week. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so that kind of leads us to, you know, this this game against Edmonton then, you know. Um yeah. you know, we do have we play on Tuesday. So then yes. we've got the rest of the week off and then we're going to have the next week off. So you've got, you know, a good, a good stretch there. So you're, you're basically got, you know, two weeks before this next, next game. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, then you start to look, okay, do are are we going to sit a lot of people? Are we going to play them a little bit and then and then sit them? Well, I think we will sit quite a few people. We will just yeah, the hope for this game is knock on wood, you know, let's no injuries. Yeah. Yeah, I I think we'll see um Pipkin's going to get some snaps. Yeah, I think Pipkin's going to get uh, a few uh, few snaps in there. I think uh, we're going to see a little bit more of AJ Ouellette. Um but I still think we're going to see see our starters in there for a little bit because you you can't have them basically on the sidelines for what's going to essentially be three weeks before they play next. Yeah. Yeah, True. yeah def- definitely yeah. going to be definitely some some conditioning going to be happening here. Isn't it? That's always the uh, the age old question with the team with the buy, right? Like what the what that what the fuck do you do? Yep. Well, that's I mean that's and that's you know what you kind of got to do, right? I don't think uh, I'm of the the opinion that you know okay if it's one week off, fine. But if you've got a game that means something on the other end of it, then you got to play a little bit because, yeah, you know, I, I don't. My my mindset would be like, OK, you know, I've got a week off. It, it's going to throw off my. My schedule, my good. schedule, right? You're, mm-hmm. you know, Ouch. your creature habit on that. I think you just but, you, you got to play them some. Plus, you know, we don't know what you know Edmonton has to play the three games in, in seven days, so we we don't really know what their what their plans are in terms of lineup. But my gut is that we'll see Nick Ar. I'm sure Nick Arbuckle wants to play. Yeah. You know, does does James Wilder want to play? I don't know if he can play, but I'm sure he. They want to play as well. So, you know, there's going to be some guys from Edmonton who are going to come here with a little bit of pride on the line. And especially with a guy like, you know, no ill will towards Nick Arbuckle. But, you know, I, I want to, if Wilder is playing, I want to do my utmost to make sure he goes out of here with a, with a loss. Yeah. Yeah, and they only they only threw him on the one game, so he probably could come off. I'm just 
looking through their uh, their injury list. Yeah, the abs will take care of them. <laughs> yeah. Bury them in the yeah. BMO turf and just leave them for dead. Yeah, and the other two thingy with the, with this Edmonton team is these guys are now playing for jobs. Yep. Because with the with all the promise that they came in in the season with and what they've put out there, <laughs> ain't no ain't nobody safe. Nope. But you know we have a lot of depth guys who we may see who will also want to you know show something. Hey, coach, here am here am here am I. Yeah. So which and and when you get these kind of games, I think that's that's good, right? Because you're gonna get to see what some of what some of our guys can do um so that you know what you have behind the guys that you that are out there right i, I think we're going to see um we may see a little bit more of uh theron churchill on the on the line give him a, a few more snaps out there um i probably want to get coleman and huff in there if they can yep so they can get the, get them some reps in there. Um, Ray Polly, or whatever his name is. Yep. Um, but it's and yeah, we'll just kind of see see how things go. I think we're going to see a little bit of Josh Josh Haggerty at at safety. Uh. Yeah. We'll probably see some uh, some Trevor Hoyt and uh, and Jack Kassar, the linebacker spots. And I wouldn't be shocked. Maybe Jamal, if, Peter, maybe Jamal Peters back in at one of the corners. Yeah. They'll probably um, want to sit. I mean, Deku got shaken up, but the. Yeah. So probably sit him. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't. I'd be shocked if unless he's still uh, nursing an injury. Dylan Giffen doesn't uh, draw into the uh, the lineup somewhere. But we've got, I mean, we've got a fair bit of people on the on the six game as well, so we're not going to see a whole ton of those guys. Would be nice, but so I'm not even too worried about a win. I just want to see Toronto do some positive things this week against against Edmonton. I'm not terribly worried. I, I would like, I would like to get the uh, uh, the tenth, you know, the tenth win. Yeah. Doug, what are you looking for out of this game? Mm, to stay healthy. Yeah. And just and to stay unbeaten at home. Yeah. Keep keep the keep BMO of absolute fortress. Yeah. And uh well when when uh the Argos are in the in the locker room at halftime of the Grey Cup, uh we get to see the Arkells perform the yeah. halftime show. You're not humming anymore. 
did you did you did you notice if, if i don't know if either of you watched the um did you do the replay of the game on on you know on demand or whatever but they had the lead singer of the arkells on doing that sequence in the third quarter where or oh quarter i where i, I know yeah yeah, well, like there was there was that other there was that other that other point where he where he goes, oh, Argo suck, and then Curly Gittins just ma- just makes Tundee delicate is basically just makes him his bitch. <laughs> that was that was a nice bit of humble pie to eat there, sunshine. Yep. And he's from Toronto too. Yeah. Never too late to change sides. No. But the band formed when they were all at McMaster and stuff like that. But you know what? I I like their music. My, you know, Travis was all excited when he saw that. Which is. Uh, what you want. Which you, exactly what you want. Mm. You want the kids excited. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, my, my son's already sold. He's already a fan, but. You know, he's going to talk about it a little bit more. So hopefully, hopefully that's, you know, they're, they're in the right direction getting a good pan. Like, I'm just glad we're not, not looking at, uh, BTO in, uh, in winter parkas. <laughs> Why not April wine? Yeah, might as well try out journey while we're at it. Freaking ch- freaking trooper, man! Freaking trooper. Triumph. Oh. Or um, what are them people called? Oh God. Um. You know the kid is hot tonight. What the fuck are they called? Loverboy. Oh. Loverboy. Yeah. Yes. Um, Oh, what's Kim Mitchell doing these days anyway? <laughs> yeah, he's he's not a Q107 anymore, so. Oh, he hasn't been for years. And he's he's got to be pretty damn old too. So I heard Alan Frew's rates are reasonable. <laughs> Don't forget me when I'm gone. But I. But, yeah, I know, this, I know this because my Rangers club tried to book him for a Christmas party, and it was—I think it was like, it was, it was up there for 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 our club. So it was like, mm, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> Is he a I Rangers think fan? Oh, dude, he's got the he's got the Rangers logo tattooed on his forearm. Mm. Then I would assume he is. But I think the Arkells are a great choice. I agree. They're a fantastic choice. They're going to put on a great show. Yep. And, you know, they're they're one of those bands that I've heard is actually even even better live. So I'm looking forward to it. And I know I know there's a few people that are that are looking forward to it. So despite despite their team's loyalties, I mean, it's it's a good no. it's definitely a good get. It's definitely a good get. It makes a lot of sense for them to be playing the Grey Cup halftime show in Hamilton. Yeah, no kidding. It's just a damn shame that the hometown team won't be there. No. No. And the rival will be. Mm-hmm. And I, I think 
we uh, need to give some um, kudos to uh, the people we've dropped a flag on for two weeks straight. Uh, <laughs> what, they, Metro? Yeah, because yeah, they, they actually did something right yeah. for a change. They realized that, oh, crap, we've got two things going on that will in- increase our profit for the day. Let's uh, run a few more trains. And they, they extended it um, and ran trains uh, up. I believe the last one left uh, Exhibition Stadium at 10.54, I believe. Yeah. So they, they at least had uh, some trains back on the, on the Lakeshore line going a little bit later than they originally planned. So they fixed that, at least pushed back their construction. So, uh, do we want to talk about Mr. Tom Valesi? Well, you can. I'm not sure. Well, I'm not the, sure what you're. Uh, yeah, yeah. What are you implying here? I have no idea. The uh, Eskimo, or whatever they're called, swear jar. We're playing the Riders yesterday, and for some reason... Oh, okay. Continue. <laughs> Greg Dickinson had to call a timeout before the second half even was kicked off. So you hear Tom Valesi say, timeout Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan has called a timeout. Fuck them. <laughs> See, I wasn't sure that was t- that was actually Tom Valesi, but <laughs> I didn't want to believe it was the it was the, the rep saying that. But he, he always forgets to turn his mic off. Yeah. <laughs> How many well, times can- have so we been? But usually it's just a really sharp, loud whistle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that hurt. I'm sure the I'm sure he's offended the entire province of Saskatchewan, but. He was just saying what we're all thinking. Yep. But <laughs> yeah, it, it... that was great. That was one of the better moments in, fo- in football history. Yeah, and in true Saskatchewan fashion, there are they're they're probably already producing T-shirts that say "fuck them." Or fuck yeah, us. I, 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 yeah, I think Fake Gainer posted one on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it wouldn't, I mean, you know, they've got a history of that, right? You know, they were called horrible human beings. So that became, they, they had that on t-shirts for, I don't think the writers officially condoned it, but, and then... Who the hell would say the writers are horrible human beings? Oh, it came out of an Edmonton. Oh, that ex- yeah. Okay. All right. Something that like that. It. Um, and then, and then the most famous one is now triggered a an actual trophy. Um, you know when Troy Westwood called them banjo playing hicks. Hmm. And now, hey, guess what? They played. But they but he was playing for... but he was playing for Winnipeg at the time, so wasn't that pot kettle black? Well, yeah. Isn't that a case of pot kettle black? Winnipeg yeah. is less hickish. Still. Yeah. Less. Not not 
none less. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, right? Like he was just trying to ignite a rivalry, and that that was a you know. It Tom Pelosi was uh, that. That's a little bit of a different story. I completely didn't realize that it was Tom Valesi that said that. I figured it was just something that was caught on a mic that was hot at the time. Wow. I think the wow. league came out and apologized for it. They did, <laughs> yes. I think I think they kind of had to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you're gonna, I mean, you just got TSN and all into some hot shit now. Yeah. Some old lady in in. Moose jaw complaining right now. Just flipping through the channels looking for something to complain to the CRTC about. I yeah. accidentally turned on TSN and somebody said a bad word. I thought I thought it would have been some posh dumbass from friggin' Rosedale that would be doing that. Mm. No, well, probably both, because they usually get a few. I had a CRTC complaint lodged against me once. Oh, really? Because I pronounced a word slightly differently than um, than the lady, the old lady who used to complain every night about my newscast when I was in Brantford. <sighs> Did it yep. go anywhere? No. No, my news director at the time um, stayed late the one day to... Uh, to get me because I used to do the, the evening newscast in uh, in Brantford on CKPC um, and uh, he just okay he's like okay this is we get this all the time but yeah you got a CRTC complaint uh, filed against him like really like yeah and he, and he named this woman by name so I guess she complained a lot but he just started laughing I can't even remember what word it was that that I meant, that I pronounced pronounced slightly differently, but she didn't <laughs> like it. So, and I know because she called up and yelled at me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So people are going to complain to the CRTC about anything. That's mm. uh. Yes, we, we need to talk about the Reddit thread. Dog knows of which I speak. The Reddit thread. Oh, this this one again? Well, yeah. Mm. So, somebody else besides us noticed that the Three Down Nation article on the game was late in coming. Yeah. Yeah. Finally got released today. 36 but. hours after the fact. Why does Three Down Nation hate the East Division? After what was arguably the biggest game in the East Division the entire season, Three Down Nation published exactly zero articles about it by Sunday morning. I was vibrating with anticipation all week leading up to this game. A Toronto win would clinch the East, keep them perfect at home, and steal victory from their biggest rivals. A Hamilton win would have put them, the division, under their control and set them up for a buy and a home playoff date. 
in the year they are hosting the championship. Free Down Nation's response to all this amazing Canadian football drama? Crickets. Global, CBC, TSN, CP24 all published something the next day. Heck, even CFL News Hub had two articles posted by the next morning, a recap and a report card, and they are based in the States. Three Down, on the other hand, they found time to publish an NFL expansion article, a gambling article, three articles about the Calgary-BC game, four articles about the Edmonton-Saskatchewan game, and one article about the Winnipeg-Montreal game, but not a peep about the Eastern Division being wrapped up. I get it. The West Division drives more clicks. But seriously, nothing about the biggest East game of the year? And I'm not hating for the sake of hating. I contribute monthly to Three Down Nation, but I am seriously considering changing that after their clear disinterest in Southern Ontario football and the East Division in general. And this is from a site that claims to love all things Canadian football. Not if you're East of Manitoba, though, apparently. Three Down Nation? More like West Division Nation. Do better, Three Down Nation. Can I funnel my contribution directly to someone who will cover the East? I think his anger is misdirected there. Slightly. I don't think it's that the the Three Down Nation doesn't care about the East. No. Three Down Nation doesn't want to talk about the Argos winning. Yeah. That was my response. Especially since they don't have anybody who writes about the Argos working for them. Right. And there's one person who actually has a rational um, explanation, you know. I yeah, think the biggest... yeah, was, hold on. It's it was me because yeah. I said it's because Hamilton didn't win. <laughs> but but somebody anyways, else continue. Somebody else also wrote, I think the biggest reason for what you were describing is that the three down writing staff is segmented into quasi beat reporters, except they write and behave more like personal bloggers instead of journalists. That sounds critical, but I don't mean it to be. John Hodge writes full write ups on the bombers almost immediately after each game, but he is a full time employee and I assume paid to write content full-time. The writer for the Ticats is Josh Smith, the Stamps is Ryan Ballantyne, the Red Blacks is Santino Filoso, etc. Originally, each of the various contributors largely wrote for free. I imagine many of them received some form of compensation now, but who knows to what extent. As far as I know, they have never had a dedicated Argos writer or original contributor. They write about the Argos, of course, but they don't have a traditional beat writer in the same fashion most newspapers would. This is largely understandable as they are not a traditional news organization and trying to grow, I imagine. I find that Three Down as a whole seems to carry the legacy of bloggers become journalists, as many of their practices and writing habits, and in this case, publishing habits, reflect a more personal and fan-biased style than a traditional journalistic distance. They may always be part of who they are, for better or worse. Personally, I really hope they have a, de- a more dedicated Argos writer at some point. Damn. Now, to be fair, they did have a dedicated yeah. Argos person back yeah. in the days prior to their current format. Yeah. Yeah, Curtis Rush. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, but he well, was like a year writing for them, though. He is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he was writing a few articles. Oh. Not well, recently, though. No, I saw them the last little bit. I doubt that. I'm I'm gonna hit the I'm gonna hit the doubt button on that one. Well, great. Well, I mean, it, you know, Nate had a little bit of a busy weekend. He was also doing yeah. color commentary the for the uh, the Raptors on uh, on Saturday night. So he on the radio. So he probably had uh, 
had a little bit of a, a of time there, but he's I believe he's a special uh, contributor to them. Yeah, he's not a regular guy. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's not even yeah he's not listed on their on their roster of regular writers. So, but their their roster of regular writers is not necessarily up to date because. I don't think Mo Khan has written anything for them in a long time. And Amanda Ruler is uh, not really contributing. She's She's been busy coaching in Hamilton for the McMaster Marauders. So, so in other in other words, to answer, to answer the question. <laughs> we don't have an Argos beat reporter working for Three Down Nation. And, out of, yeah. and I personally don't think there ever is going to be. No, not unless somebody goes and and seeks them out. Yeah, and because, because just, I'll tell you, because I'll tell you right now, CFL News Hub is better than them. See, uh, yep. Canadian football's perspective is better than them. Yep. And just about there's like half a dozen other outlets out there that are better than them. Well, I I mean, and what, and let's not and let's not forget the fact that they do that they do take victory laps if if they're right if they're right on a scoop. Yeah. And I mean, I, I do agree with the the original guy making the the uh, complaint about them. Um, they do tend to cater more to the blog style post, and. You know, and that's pretty much because the majority of their people are blog writers. Justin Dunk and uh, Mo Khan are the only ones that really weren't blog writers on there. You know, and the and the other guy who was now I. He's, part owner, I guess, of Three Down Nations, John Hodge, he was a blog writer originally. So, you know, (laughs) when you're writing in a certain style and nobody's told you differently, you're going to keep writing in that style. Bunch of twats. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. Three minutes and we're out of here. We got three minutes and we're out. Is this thing on? Yeah. Are you hearing it? You jumped the gun on that one. I did. Yes, you did. Why? Forgot to talk fantasy. Forgot to talk about picks. <sighs> okay. We well, could do. Well, we could do that. I mean, we're gonna do a. Po- we're gonna do another show after the Edmonton game. So. Yeah, well, we can. Okay, look, fantasy. We don't know. Oh, we don't know I, because <laughs> we don't know who the fuck's playing. Yeah. Whoever it is, I'll suck anyways. Yep. Yeah, for, yeah, I will probably be in that same range too. And picks. The only game we're gonna pick is the Argo game. Um, Argos are gonna win. Win. Yeah. Uh, so. There's nothing to jinx. No. No. And we'll pick the rest of the games 
after the Argos win on Tuesday. So, okay. so, so now that that's like out of the Stinger way. said, we got the three minute warning, the longest three minutes in CFL podcast history. Okay. okay. Well, for starters, there's no, it's too early for the pork ranking, so I can't get into that. Mm. Um, however, we do have some tweets from Kazakhstan. Oh, we do have some tweets from Kazakhstan. There was a couple that were that he put out, or that they put out on the twelfth, shortly after the Argos victory, or as or as it was being cemented. Uh, this one I happen to like. All CFL forecasters are required to apologize. You are you are no better than the Uzbek Stock Exchange. <laughs> Oh. He had one. Cuz I cuz I know I cuz I know I sent well I, I think I yep. sent them a, sent them a thing through through the DBO account saying so you guys all picked against us, eh? And that's when I put in a little quote from from one of my f- new favorite accounts, No Context Flair, shortly after <laughs> shortly after he won the Royal Rumble and won the WWF title at the time. Where where Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan were going, well, we hate to say we told you so, but we told you so. God bless those two. Uh, the the one that the one that I liked was uh, from uh, Sunday morning. Um, this uh, my yak milk is sweet this morning. Sweet, not as sweet as Ty Cat's tears. <laughs> Although I thought there'd be an awful lot of salt there, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> and then, and then saw a, a guy named Mike Bruning replied to him, "It's always sweet with victory spices." Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing that there's. I don't know if there things. was. I like the one from before the game that the tra- Google Translate mangled. Comrades, the opponent is confident. We sit to our advantage. They have guardians, whatever they are. We have pinball. Have faith. The Western train will be tragic tonight. I like how the last line, the last line translated. <laughs> yeah, it probably was very tragic. Yeah, and uh, fairly very quiet too. <laughs> and and there was the one uh, that he replied to uh, to Adam Goss um, with the when Adam Goss uh, posted the picture of uh, celebrating the Argos victory at Eight Mile Pizza in Liberty Village. Um, so very Kazakhs, good pizza, by the way. Yes, very good pizza. Kazakhs don't have pizza, but I would walk eight miles to taste it. <laughs> Although I'm sure they could, they could make it. It's very easy. Yeah. Like you could make it very easy if you just gets the, just gotta get some. Uh, I'm not sure if they have like a, something like a pierogi. Just get the dough out of that. Just get a dough from. Just get the dough from that. Throw and throw your toppings on top with some yak cheese, and you're done. Yep. If uh, that is if that's what I'm assume I'm presuming, but I, I could be wrong on that. Well, yeah. 
And there was a re- there were then there was a reply to uh, a guy named Jake Wright thirty two. Um, <laughs> I saw who, who that quoted quoted CFL's uh, big tilt at BMO Field tonight. Who you got CFL fans? And he um, obviously a Tie Cat fan. So the game's not even gonna be close. Tie Cats by a trillion. Oski wee wee baby. And then Miss and uh, our friend from Kazakhstan, Jake Wright. Jake was wrong. <laughs> Jake Wright. And And we broke Will. And Will's dead. His name was so perfect. (laughs) Shut up. Oh, man. Our friends from Kazakhstan broke Will. (laughs) (laughs) You okay? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You have to give another shout out to our, to uh, Josh Burton. Oh. uh, (laughs) Who, um... Yeah, and he's dead again. <laughs> is is it still about Jake Wright you're laughing about here? Or can I? Or no. I gonna, okay. The, the Marlins acquire right-handed pitcher Lewis Head from the Rays for a player to be named later or cash. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that doesn't sound like the Barton Street hooker. <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't need to trade her a whole player and cash. Yeah, she'd, she'd, ahead, she'd suck dick for nickels. <laughs> anyway, so Josh Burton became the... Uh, his Twitter account became the uh, North End Zone Right Upright Stan account. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I gotta give him bad props. He has to stand on that whatever it is platform halfway up the scoreboard in that miserable goddamn weather. Not only that, after the game, he has to stay up all night and break down film. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then, okay, then of course, then there was uh, the post game presser with uh, with Hinok Mwamba and his lovely daughter. Yep. Nice, nice little and, wholesome and she, stuff there. And and she's not wrong. You know? No, she's not. <laughs> not 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 even in the slight. Uh, I I agree slightest. with her. Best part about watching her watching your daddy play is winning. Yep. That's the reason. That's the that's the reason why we all watch it, there, sweetheart. Yep. <laughs> but we all agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, and that's pretty much it. Um, East final December fifth. Um, Buy your ticket starting sometime it, this week. Is it? Oh, uh, I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, it is sometime uh, this week. 
So our we're recording this Sunday evening. Our tickets for the game should be in our thingamajiggies. Um, but if you want to get extra tickets for your friends before they go on sale to the general public, you may do that starting tomorrow. Yeah. No, and we want to, and I mean, it's it's the playoffs. Breakfast, breakfast tailgating because the game's going to mm. be at twelve thirty. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, breakfast beers, that'd be nice. I haven't had breakfast beers for a while. Latest football, well, latest CFL game I've ever been with attended. Yep. And that'll only be eclipsed by the uh, the Grey Cup. Yep. Not the latest football game I've ever attended, but usually those are in 80-degree uh, weather. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, definitely. No, yeah, definitely. Latest CFL game that's been for quite. It's been well. It's, I think it's our, of our generation, if I'm not mistaken. I think so as well. <coughs> All right, that doesn't. I think the I think last that does game in December was '72. Okay. Hmm. Well, of our generation, then I think we're good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that does it for the uh, the Argos Fancast this week. Will, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And Doug, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at DougB519. You can find my group, The Double Blue Order, on Facebook at facebook.com slash doubleblueorder, on Twitter at doubleblueorder, on Instagram at the Double Blue Order. Get your Double Blue Order merch, including the law firm t-shirt, doublebleuorder.ca. <laughs> And you can find me at all kinds of clay on the Twitter and Instagram machines. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast on Twitter and Instagram. Or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast, just search Argos Fancast. We'll be back on Wednesday talking about how the Argos are perfect at home. That does it for the Argos Fancast this week. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>